five and one off a sensational performance from Sione Vaki and the Utah defense. Let's talk about it on today's Locked On Utes. You are Locked On Utes, your daily podcast on the Utah Utes, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello, everyone, and thank you for making Lockdown Utes your first listen every single day. We are available on all platforms, including YouTube and wherever you may get your podcasts. If this is your first time joining our show, make sure you guys like and subscribe. We'd love to interact with you guys in the comments as well as on social media. You can follow our show at Lockdown Utes or my personal handle at JT Wistersill because my name is JT Wistersill, former intern inside the University of Utah Athletic Department. And on today's show, we're talking all things Utah's 34-14 to win over the Cal Golden Bears. It was not always pretty at times. The game hanged in the balance a little bit, but Utah got it done, and they continue to find ways to get it done, too. We're going to be talking about it today, breaking down what I saw on both sides of the ball from Utah, and really want to focus on the Cal game today because this is a massive game coming up for Utah this week when you're talking about their game against USC. So that will be the focus of all five of our episodes this coming week. So really want to dive in on the Cal game here. And I'm sure we'll discuss things relating to the Cal game throughout the week since it does have a big impact in what we're going to see in Saturday's matchup, which will feature two, which will feature a USC team coming off a loss to Notre Dame. So a lot of fun to talk about that. But let's focus on the Cal game. Got to start with Sione Vaki. Sione Vaki is him. I mean, that word gets thrown around way too much. But with Sione Vaki, what else could you use to describe the performance? When you're talking about a guy who had 15 carries for 158 yards, two touchdowns, and made plays on defense, had four tackles, was also involved in even more stops. So Sione Vaki, you know, kind of saw what Travis Hunter was doing. And, and Travis Hunter so far has been the best two-way player in college football overall, right? But I think Sione Vaki just had one of the best two-way performances we've seen from a, from a player this season as well now. I think he's going to eventually have the t- chance to give Hunter a run for his money. If he can continue to have performances like this, how could he not? But once again, just 15 carries for 158 yards and two touchdowns for a player we had no idea was going to play on offense. Like, yeah, he played a little bit on offense at the high school. Kyle Whittingham alluded to that in the post-game presser, but... I was just so impressed with a guy who we saw get one wildcat snap, if I remember correctly, against Oregon State, got a first down on it. It was a short yardage carry. And they just must have seen enough from him in practice where they ran him in this game more than Jalen Glover. I'm not sure if Jalen Glover is banged up, injured, or whatever it is, but Quentin Jackson led Utah's in carries, 22 carries for 94 yards. But Sione Vaki was second with 15, and Glover actually ended up getting six. He got six carries for uh, for 12 yards. And we're going to talk about Glover because he had a huge block I want to dive into on uh, the Vaki run. But yeah, I was so impressed with Vaki's vision for not being a collegiate running back. I mean, just his ability to see the holes, hit the holes, uh, make quick cuts, uh, just those quick decisions, break tackles too. It's just something you don't see a lot of defensive players do is break tackles at the level Sione Vaki did in this game. So just so impressed with his ability. I think he might have had a drop earlier in the game. Did Bryson slightly overthrow him? Yeah, but I think it's one if you ask both guys like on that early third down where Utah stalled. I think Bryson would say I'd want the throw to be like perfectly in stride. And then Vaki would say, well, it did hit right off my hands. I need to catch that. That's one on both sides. So, I mean, nothing bad there. Vaki more than made up for it, obviously, with over 150 yards on the ground and, uh, and two touchdowns too. So, just so impressed with how natural of a runner Sione Vaki is. This might be the new thing for Utah is just bring in players to play other positions and then convert them to running back. Uh, Jaquita Jackson, a quarterback now, running back. Vaki, 
still going to be a safety, but also going to get some snaps at running back. And how could he not with after a performance like this? So just so impressed with Sione's Vaki, Sione Vaki's compo- um, composure, just his vision. And obviously we know he's an exceptional athlete and put that on display in spades on Saturday against the Golden Bears. Also want to give a shout out to the Utah offensive line, specifically as it relates to run blocking. I think pass protection, there's still some ups and downs there. There was a couple of just blitzes they failed to pick up, but still improving um, overall. We saw Tongi in at left tackle some, and then we also saw Coley uh, in at center, and I thought he was an upgrade over Jaron Kump. I thought the offensive line blocked better in part because he, as the center was position, was holding its blocks longer. That would be Coley. I thought he did a really good job of that for this Utah offense, but just really impressed with the offensive line as it relates to run blocking. I've talked a lot about how they failed to reach the second level and run blocking. You know, in your double teams and zone blocking, you get that first defensive tackle. You do a good job there, but then the two of you being whoever the tandem is of the two guys blocking have to work up to the linebacker. And then whichever side the linebacker or whichever guard basically gets the, the linebacker ends up meeting, that's who has to come off and take them. Utah did a really good job of containing linebackers a lot in this game, hence why they were able to rush for over 300 yards. I think I said in this game Utah would rush over 200, but even that, I just, you know, I knew they'd be facing a little bit of a packed box. I wasn't sure if they'd be able to, but credit the O block for a great run blocking performance. Still some things to be desired in pass pro, but they did give Bryson time on a couple of the possessions too. So, um, Really liked what I saw from the offensive line. Shout out Jim Harding in that regard. Also, let's talk about Bryson Barnes a little bit. I, and I said in my uh, my little rundown I got here that the offense uh, finds some momentum. I think did enough is the right word for me. You know, still stalling at times, but you know it's great to see Quinton Jackson out there healthy again. Mentioned he had over ninety yards on the ground and a touchdown. Um, how about his? I mean, talk about a hit stick. Kyle Brandt angry runs a little bit. That one he had off to the right side where he absolutely obliterated a Cal Golden Bears defender. That was fun to see. And when you're talking about Jaquindon too, just another explosive guy, good vision, really tough. He's more of the he can run you over better than Sione can. Sione's quickness, he might be Sione might be the quickest back Utah has, but Jaquindon's very quick in his own right. And uh, I'd really like what Jaquindon offers in speed and power, and he should continue to lead Utah in carries regardless of how much Sione plays on that side of the ball. So yeah, really impressed with Jaquindon offensively. Good to see Mikey Matthews. You know, seven catches for 53 yards. I, I Manir mean, McLean had his one for 41 yards. Great job creating that deep separation. Devon Vale, two for 21. I, I still, this is where like, I feel bad for Devon a little bit. This is a guy who came back to Utah with the assumption that, you know, Cam Rising was going to be healthy, Brant Keithy, all these guys. And this is no one's fault. It's just bad, like, circumstances. You know what I mean? I'm sure Devon is frustrated. Like, you come back because you think the starting quarterback is going to be there, and he's not. So then his production's been suffering, and I think he's been open more than uh, than Utah has been hitting him. The reason Utah only threw for 128 yards is in part because of blitz pickup at times, I mentioned, isn't the best, and pressure does break in. Um, when when pressure does break in like that, Bryson very rarely makes the plays like operating outside the pocket or just went under duress. And actually, I shouldn't say that. He is the one to me near McLean. He threw that up and got crushed. If he's, he's willing to stand in the pocket and take a shot, he's not good at once he escapes the pocket of keeping his eyes downfield and kind of finding different guys. He just doesn't make a lot of throws that way. That's not really uh, Bryson's game as well for when you're talking about him, but he did make some nice throws in this game, Bryson, but he still misses reads. He's still a backup quarterback. He's a very good backup quarterback. Bryson is a game manager. This is what we talked about early in the off season and even going into this season. And at the start of the year, we just got away from it because of how tough of a performance he had at Baylor in that game. And I think they made the right decision to go to Nate Johnson for that stretch at the time, but then clearly made the best decision. Now I was on the, I've been on the coach's side pretty much the whole way with this, where I think I would have operated the same way. I, you know, if we were at practice, I'm sure we would have said, well, Bryson's a better thrower right now. He should start after that Baylor game. Everyone said you have to go to Nate Johnson now. And then after the Oregon state game, everyone's like, okay, you have to go to Bryson now. So I, I think they've handled the quarterback situation 
as the moment now pretty well overall. But yeah, sometimes the receivers and the coverage is good. Sometimes the play, I thought Ludwig had a pretty good game plan, but at times he did um, a couple of things. He ran did get bottled up well by the, the, the Cal Golden Bears defense. I, I like I said, just a couple of those designs where it's like, I don't, there's not, I just didn't like when you take away half the field sometimes, or there's not a lot of like short stuff over the middle on certain plays. Sometimes there was, but that's, that's nitpicky stuff. Overall, Ludwig was good. So yeah, same thing where Bryson, not great at seeing the field always receivers, not always getting open play calling, not always there pass blocking, not always exceptional, but you taught it enough. Bryson made a couple of big throws. The run game was there consistently. And I'm excited to see what this Utah team can do regardless of who starts at quarterback against USC. It's going to be an incredibly hard game for Utah to win in Southern California with a backup quarterback. But it's not impossible, especially with, as we'll be breaking down this week, what we saw the Notre Dame defense do to the USC offense. Because Utah's got a better defense than Notre Dame for my money. And uh, we're going to talk about how special I think that Utah defense was after another outstanding performance they had, this time being against the Cal Golden Bears. And we are going to be diving into that defensive performance in one moment. But first, I want to talk to you guys about our friends at Bird Dogs. Bird Dogs make you look good. Bird Dog stretchy khaki shorts are designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg, giving you a truly sculpted look. Bird Dog shorts do the exact same thing as Lululemon, but they fit way better. They fit way better than regular shorts because those regular shorts, they're made of that stiff, restricting cotton. Bird Dogs fix this issue by inventing cloud knit fabric that looks just like khakis, but stretches so you get a way slimmer fit without having to sacrifice movement. Bird Dogs uses anti-stink sweat wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long. Bird Dogs are functional for any occasion, whether you're going golfing on a date, hanging out with friends, lounging around watching games, or even doing some work at home. They become my short of choice and they can become your short of choice too for any activity because you can go to birddogs.com slash locked on college or enter the promo code locked on college at checkout for a free bird dogs water bottle with your order. That's birddogs.com slash locked on college for a free water bottle at checkout. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you. Alrighty, coming back in, let's talk about that Utah defense. Just Another exceptional performance for Utah on the defensive side of the ball. Um, first, let's get let's talk about this really quick. Um, I really hope that targeting call gets appealed on Cole Bishop. I thought that was ridiculous. I definitely thought he got him with the body, shoulder, all that. I didn't. Yeah, I just very disappointed in that decision and outcome. And I mean, Kyle Whittingham, rightfully so, said like as soon as the game ended, like we're appealing that. So hopefully. Cole Bishop might be Utah's best defensive player. There are so many candidates for that. It's amazing. Um, but I, I really just, I know against a team like USC, you need a guy who might be your best defensive player out there. So hopefully that gets appealed. Cole Bishop did lead Utah in tackles in this one. Also, Karene Reed had 6-2, so those guys were tied. But uh, let's talk about the pass rush. You know, lose Logan Fano, very tough. Logan had been sensational for Utah this season. And it just, even the way it happened, right? Where you get it on a sack. That's just, you, you just hate that to happen to such a great player and someone who's done so much for Utah already in a short time here. But this is where it's, Utah's lucky they have depth. Most pass rushes could not survive an injury to their second best pass rusher. I just think you'd see a lot of them fall off a cliff. But Utah has the depth there, whether it's Van Fillinger getting two sacks, Connor O'Toole being disruptive. It was Connor O'Toole's long arms that deflected the pass that resulted in a Lander Barton interception in this game. And Jonah Ellis, I could have said Jonah Ellis is him too. I mean, my goodness, because what is he ended up with a sack and a half, at two and a half tackles for loss. He's he's so good. I mean, just almost every play it feels like on third and long, he was beating up the beating up the cow left tackle. Jonah's so impressive on the strip sack. 
He did a great, you know, quick get off, did a really good job with his hands, swiping down the offensive lineman's hands and then using that bend, turn the corner and then just destroyed the quarterback and Cole Bishop recovered the fumble. But his spin move is one of the best in college football. He's, I might still be, I, I should have checked again. I just realized I always do this every time. I get excited to talk about Judd Ellison and I forget to check if he's still leading the nation to sacks. I I think he, I would bet he is though. I know the buy might've hurt that, but he's just so sensational, Joan Ellis. I mean, such an elite pass rusher. When you talk about the speed, the bend, the power, it, it's all there for him. And it is uh, fun to watch him go out there each week and work offensive tackles. He can win inside or outside. And he really, and I, I mean, like to the tackles. He could, well, obviously lining up over guards because he's that good of a pass rusher. But I do, I should say, like taking inside gaps or outside gaps is what I mean when uh, closing it on quarterbacks. So Utah's lucky they got a player like Joan Ellis. He, Joan Ellis has been so good. I was looking at Mel Kuyper's latest big board he put out that you have Jonah Ellis is in the top 10 defensive ends. Now I don't, I didn't hear anyone talking about Jonah Ellis as a defensive end prospect heading into this season in the NFL draft community. And Jonah Ellis has played so well. He's worked his way into that conversation. So absolutely credit to him. Cole Bishop was also on there and Brant Keithy was also um, still in there as an H back kind of Thomas Yasmin was even on there too. And there was one other person. Satao Laumea was there. Yeah, I think Cole Bishop I said too. So yeah, that was the main guys who are. Utah already got multiple players uh, being mentioned in the NFL draft, which as we talked about in the offseason, like that's as it should be with this program. You've put yourself in a position where year in and year out, you will have multiple players that are going that NFL teams are going to want to be a part of their team. And Utah's going to have a lot of scouts in attendance, I can imagine, for the, um, the USC game this coming Saturday, not just to see how Caleb does against that defense, but to see some of these Utah defenders, guys like a Cole Bishop, like a Jonah Ellis, how they'll play in uh, what'll be Utah's biggest game so far to date this season. But moving off the, oh, and defensive line-wise, uh, Junior Tafuna and Keanu Tanavasa, Samote Peppa, it's just such an elite defensive tackle rotation of disruptive guys. Um, jo- Junior did jump the snap count late in the game. I thought he uh, did like time it perfectly, blew up the center for a second, but you see all the replay he did, he or even live, you can see he was a little early, but I just wanted him to have it and then sucks the rough in the passer just where he ended up falling on the quarterback. So um, that was tough, but Utah's defensive tackles do such a great job stopping the run. I, they held Cal under 70 yards rushing in this game. And we talked about it, that we thought Utah would force multiple turnovers in this game. They did force an interception and they forced the fumble too. Just, just like we thought would happen here on locked on locked on Utes. We talked about that just because of how special this Utah defense is even passing wise for Cal's. They only threw for 188 yards overall, no receiver over a hundred yards to uh, Mendoza only even threw it 17 times. And then you had uh, Finley through 14 passes, only completed five of them too. So it was a, uh, it was rough sledding for any quarterback that uh, took the field for the, for the golden Bears. So that's where um, you got to give Utah credit defensively, just continuing to be decimating for opposing offenses. We know the linebackers do their thing and do the corners get beat from time to time on this Utah defense yet? Yes, but I should have not have saved this stat for this long. I, I think I was listening to the number one show. It's the Fox uh, college football show is what it's called or the number one show on Fox sports It's a very, it's a confusing name, but um, the guy who does it does a good job. I think it's like RJ young. I, I want to say um, he threw out a stat. I was listening to his, like just his weekly recap last night, this Utah defense. I don't know who stack guy is. Cause I, and I, I need to call him to get stats like this. Um, this is the least amount of points. It's 74 on the season for Utah. This is the least amount of points Utah's ever has had allowed, allowed through six games in a season since I think it was 94. That's just incredible. And it just goes to show you, like, even though the corners at times might give up a play, and there weren't any huge passing plays in this game. There was the one early on, uh, yeah, Lander Barton kind of got caught, like, trying to hold up in the middle while also caught looking at, um, while also trying to be responsible for the running back on the wheel routes. And then he was just out of position by the time the pass was thrown and uh, and wasn't able to get over in time. 
So that was just one of those, uh, you know, those tough, bad roll the dice situations there where it's just uh, one thing where I think if you ask the coaches, like they would like Lander to, that was just maybe either him over processing or over coaching where his responsibility is the running back, but he saw the quarterback looking there. So he's like, ah, oh, I could make a play. And then obviously more than made up for it with the interception uh, later on, but Utah's defensive backs played so well. JT Broughton, Zamaya Vaughn, Miles Battle, overall really good. Uh, Teo Johnson on the one touchdown, got a little confused, was a little slow to react on the, the inside route there where the guy uh, ran right by his face, but it, Utah only gave up 14 points. They've, Outside of the Cal, outside of the Oregon State game, that's the only time an opponent scored over 20 against them. And that was on the road at, against the top 20 team. And when you talk about Cal, even like you just to hold all these teams under 15 points is so impressive, especially when you see all these college defenses. Vanderbilt scored 20 against Georgia yesterday. Like just so many teams that struggle on just give up some plays. Like Utah's not been the, the historic Michigan defense so far. But dang, if they haven't been the next best thing, uh, so impressed with this Utah defense. Shout out Morgan Scally and, you know, Cole Bishop, Sione Vaki, just the entire group. Everybody's been eating on the defensive side of the ball for this Utah team. They have one of the best defenses in college football. And USC is one of the best offenses in college football. So I cannot wait to see that matchup. I know they struggled against Notre Dame, but Lincoln Riley, Caleb Williams going to be motivated off the loss. And after losing twice to Utah last year, that's just going to be such a fun showdown. And I can, I don't know about you guys, but I can't wait to watch it this Saturday. And that's what locked on Utes is here for to break down every facet of the matchup. We'll be talking to Mark Colkin of locked on USC this week and just breaking down the Notre Dame game film of what we saw them do against USC that Utah is obviously going to try to copy and emulate a lot of that while doing a lot of the things that still worked for them a season ago. Cause this is still Lincoln Riley's offense, albeit without a Jordan Addison and a couple of other players uh, throughout the team. So I I'm excited to see what Utah has ready for uh, USC and such an impressive performance in their 34 to 14 win against Cal. Uh, last thing I'll say is Cole Bicker missed, missed that early field goal. That was unfortunate, but you know, still came up with those two other field goals. And I still really trust Becker overall. And uh, Jack Bomeister, I actually forgot to mention him when the Mel Kuyper thing I brought up. He's on Mel Kuyper's like top 10 special teams players too. So uh, shout out Bomeister and uh, a lot more Utah players from the defensive side of the ball, especially are going to continue to be there if on that big board for Mel Kuyper and just talked about in the draft rankings. If this Utah defense continues to step up and play, they have a great challenge this Saturday, but right now, just feels good to get the win. So shout out the Utah Utes for getting it done against the Cal Golden Bears. And a reminder, we'll be breaking down all things USC on this week's Locked on Utes. We'll see you then.